0: Today we are wrapping up our foundation series. So we've spent the last month talking about some of the key habits and some of the key practices that we can have in our lives that help us to grow in our relationship with God. And so if you've missed any of those weeks or you haven't been around, uh, don't forget that on our website, Facebook page, uh, on our podcast, you can have a listen to uh, any of the messages that you want to catch up on. But I hope that it's been a helpful series for you. Um, I said at the beginning that the danger of this series is that it becomes this massive big to-do list, all these things that we have to put into practice, all these obligations that we now have, and if I don't do these things, then God's not going to like me. It's always a danger when we talk about practical things. But we've been using this analogy all the way through the series, we've been talking about a healthy garden and saying that in a garden, if you plant things in the right place, if you give them the right nutrients that they need, then they'll grow And that's really what we're talking about when we talk about foundational practices, is to say we're planted in a healthy place as a part of a healthy church family. What are some of the nutrients that we can take in in our lives that will help us to then grow to become the people that God wants us to be? And so I hope that uh, there's been a few things for you to take away to process coming out of this series. And today we want to wrap up by talking about the spiritual practice of journaling. Now, this is a bit of a challenge because, oddly enough, there's not much in the Bible that talks specifically about journaling. There's not a passage that we can go to, and the reason for that is because in biblical times, most of the people were illiterate, so they couldn't read, let alone try and write, and even the people who could write, it was a little bit onerous to get a big scroll out and then a nice pen, a, a ink, uh, what's that called, quill, and write down things, Most people didn't have the capacity to be able to do that. So oddly enough, the people who were then writing in biblical times didn't talk to us about what journaling looks like. However, when we talk about journaling, we're really talking about what it looks like to slow down and to ponder and to reflect and to think about the things that God is saying to us. And fortunately, Scripture does have a lot to say about that. In particular, in the Psalms, we read David talking a lot about how valuable it is for him to take the time to meditate on Scripture, to ponder Scripture, to think about the things that God has been saying, to think about who God is, and to allow that to transform him. And one of the best examples of that is Psalm 119, which is a really, really long psalm. And so uh, if you would like to take some time this week, you can read through all the rest of it. Um, But we're going to just kind of take one snippet out of it and focus in directly on that. Because uh, most of the themes that are unpacked throughout the whole psalm, we find within these few verses that we're focusing on today. So Psalm 119... Verse 97 starts with David saying, how I love your law. And law for David was our understanding of what quite a bit of the Old Testament scriptures were. Um, But even deeper than that, it was really about David saying, I love the instructions that you have given to us as the people who are trying to follow you about the way in which to live our lives in a healthy relationship with you and a healthy relationship with each other. As I think about the instructions that you've given us, I love that. I love being able to focus on it. he continues, he says, I think about it all day long. Your commandment is with me all the time, and it makes me wiser than my enemies. I understand more than all my teachers, because I meditate on your instructions. And when David says that he has a greater level of understanding, he's really tapping into that beautiful word, wisdom which means not just cognitive, intellectual understanding, but understanding that helps us to know what is right, what is true, what the right thing is to do in the right situation. helpful way to think about it is not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge, knowing to the core of who we are, what it is that God's saying to us and what the implications are of that. So David says, "'I understand more than all my teachers "'because I meditate on your instructions. "'I have greater wisdom.' Then those who are old, because I obey your commands. And we've talked about that through this series. Again, not just intellectually hearing what God is saying to us, but obeying it, putting it into practice, taking the time to say, What is God asking me to do? And practically speaking, what does that look like? He then continues and he says, I've avoided all evil conduct because I want to obey your word. I've not neglected your instructions because you yourself are my teacher. How sweet is the taste of your instructions, sweeter even than honey. I gain wisdom from your laws, and so I hate all bad conduct. And I wanted to have a look at the message translation of these few verses, because as often happens with the message, it just helps it all to come alive in a really significant way. So this is how Eugene Peterson interprets what David's saying here. Oh, how I love all that you've revealed. I reverently ponder it all the day long. Your commands give me an edge on my enemies. They never become obsolete. I've even become smarter than my teachers since I've pondered and absorbed your counsel. I've become wiser than the wise old sages simply by doing what you tell me. I watch my step, avoiding the ditches and ruts of evil so I can spend all my time keeping your word. I never make detours from the route that you laid out. You gave me such good directions. Your words are so choice, so tasty. I prefer them to the best home cooking. With your instruction, I understand life, and that's why I hate false propaganda. And so you can just have this sense of how much David loves not just recognizing, yeah, God's given us some stuff to think about, but immersing himself in that, really stopping and pondering. And I love what he says, how sweet is the taste of your instructions, sweeter even than honey. And then the message translation, so choice, so tasty, prefer them to the best home cooking. It's pretty amazing. And when we talk about this idea of meditating on scripture, that's kind of a helpful analogy because one of the ways that people talk about what meditating on scripture looks like is the idea of savouring something and so again think about a really really great meal so you go over to someone else's house and they cook you this amazing home-cooked meal and it's just delicious and while you're eating it It's just in your mouth and you can feel all the flavours just seeping in. I don't know whether your mouth is watering, but mine is. Start to drool in a minute. So you just think about how amazing that is. Or if we want to think about something sweet, for those of us who love chocolate, so in particular I love dark chocolate, you just think about having a piece of chocolate on your tongue and just allowing it to just dissolve away and you savour it, just that sense of, oh, that is amazing. That's the idea that we're talking about when we talk about meditating on scripture. It's not just reading something and then moving on, but it's staying in the place of saying, what is God saying to me? And savoring it, rolling it around in our heads a little bit to get everything out of it that we possibly can. And so David says, when we take the time to do that, when we take the time to slow down and to ponder, to reflect on what God is saying, it's beautiful. It's like sweet honey. It's like An amazing home cooked meal, and so as we talk about journaling today, that's really what we're focusing on: is what does it look like for us to take the time to slow down and to intentionally reflect, to intentionally think about what God is saying about how we're feeling and what we're processing. So journaling is an interesting thing because it's actually something that even secular people would say is really, really good for us. So even people who aren't spiritual at all would say journaling is a very, very important thing for us to put into practice because it has all of these benefits. And then we would say, as people who are spiritual, there's an added layer in terms of taking extra of what God is saying to us in the midst of that. So let's have a look at some of the things that are important about journaling. And as I said, these are not just things that are important uh, from a spiritual perspective, but just from a healthy well-being perspective. So the first reason why journaling is important is because it really helps us to recognize how we're feeling and to recognize what we're thinking. As we take time to write in a journal, we have no option but to really focus, to zoom in and to really start to say what's going on, what's going on in my head, what's going on inside of my heart and as we do that, all of a sudden things start to emerge, we start to realise that I'm feeling really frustrated, I'm feeling really anxious, I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling overwhelmed. We start to recognise, actually, there's some stuff here that I really need to think about. And journaling gives us the opportunity to have those aha moments where we're like, something's been just, oh, I'm just on edge. And then we take some time to journal and suddenly we realise, oh, that's what's going on. Now I understand why I'm feeling the way that I am. But a step further than that, it doesn't just help us to recognise how we're feeling, it helps us to process what is going on inside of us and what the next steps are away from that. So yes, we can start to understand this is how I'm feeling about a certain situation or this is what's going on for me. But as we write those things out, often we'll start to see, oh, that's the obvious next thing that I need to do. So I'm feeling really, really overwhelmed because I've got all these things that I need to get done. So I should really prioritize the most important things and allow those things to lift. I'm feeling really, really frustrated about a conversation that I had with someone yesterday. I probably need to go back and I need to clear things up. I need to have a conversation with them to say, I just didn't feel great about how that landed. We're feeling like we're really, really tired. I need to make some adjustments in my life. I need to start going to bed a little bit earlier or I need to go out and do some exercise, get some fresh air, whatever it might be. Certainly for me, I can't count the number of times that as I've taken time to journal, I've started to realise I've been so on edge for the last 24 hours or since last night, I don't know what's going on. I take some time to start writing out what's happened, what's been going on in my life, and I realise... This is exactly the way that I would name the feeling that I've got right now. And obviously, this is what I need to then do today in order to be able to move forward. So journaling really helps us with both of these things, getting in touch with how we're feeling, but also helping us to process what the next step is around that. Journaling is also really, really helpful because it enables us to retain information in a greater way. And there's lots and lots of research that says that when we read something or when we hear something, we use certain parts of our brain that don't actually have the capacity to be able to say, should I hold on to this or not? And so a lot of the time, depending on how much else is in our head, we'll start to be like, actually, no, I'm going to let go of that subconsciously without meaning to do it. Simply because our brain is full and at capacity. So when we're reading or when we're listening, that's what often ends up happening for us. But when we write things down, we start to use a different type, a different part of our brain, which has a greater level of capacity to be able to remember things. So that's why we encourage you to use the teaching notes that we give you inside of Caring Connection because when you just listen to some guy up here talking for a while, you'll retain very little of it, which is super, super encouraging for me as I prep every week, to know that you're probably at best going to remember 10% of what I say (laughs) any given week. And that's why you can go home and after lunch, think to yourself, what did we talk about today? I have no idea whatsoever. Because when you just hear stuff, there's very little that we retain. It's just the way that our brains work. When we write things down, we generally remember up to 25% more, studies have shown. So just by writing a couple of notes out, you give yourself a greater ability for your brain to say, oh, you want me to remember this? Okay, I'll do that for you. And it's the same thing when we're reading. When we read, our brain is just going to, do I keep this? I don't know, whatever. But when we take the time to write out what we've been reading, so when we talk about scripture reading, a key verse that jumps out at us or a key theme that jumps out at us, all of a sudden our brain again says, oh, you want me to keep this? Okay, and so we have a much greater ability to do that. So journaling is really valuable because of how much it helps things to stick. Now just as an aside, just quickly, this is unrelated to journaling, but a helpful add for our small groups As I've said, when you read or listen to something, often you'll remember at best 10% of that. If you write something down, often you'll remember another 25%. If you then have a conversation with someone about it, you remember a significant amount more. And so the opportunity to say, when we're together, writing out our notes, saying, this is what's jumping out at me, but then coming together in our small groups to have the opportunity to say, this is what's jumping out at me, this is what I've been processing, these are the questions that I've got, helps things to stick in an even more significant way. And so that's a big part of why our small groups are super helpful too. Coming back to journaling then, another reason why it's super helpful is because it increases our sense of gratitude. And we have talked a number of times about how helpful gratitude is for us in terms of changing our perspective, in terms of changing our mindset and even the ongoing physical uh, effects that practising gratitude can have for us. But journaling is really, really great because it gives us an opportunity to stop and to write down the things that we're grateful for. We talked last week about the TSP model of prayer. Thank you, sorry and please. And so the idea of being able to thank God for the good things that we have, for the good things that are happening around us, changes our mindset. It changes our perspective and it helps us to see some of the good things that are going on, especially in the midst of difficulties. And then the other thing that I'll highlight about why journaling is really important is because it becomes a record for us to look back on. I don't know about you, but I can barely remember what I was thinking about or what I did last week, let alone how I was feeling, let alone what was going on last month or two months ago or three months ago. But I have this journal that enables me at any time to be able to dig back into that. And to be able to say what was going on then, what were the things that were happening, what was going well, what were the challenges that were going on in my life. And so one of my practices that I've talked about before is that every three months or so, I have a full day personal retreat. And every now and again, I'll have a two day personal retreat, Uh, but normally it's just one day and I'll get away from everything, switch everything off and just take some time to be able to look through my journals is a big part of how I start my time. I begin by looking back at the journal entries that I wrote on my last retreat. So what was going on 3 months ago or so? What were the things that I was processing and that I took away from that time? But then I'll take time to read through every journal entry between then and now and try to take some time to say what are the key themes that are emerging from this? What are the things that God is clearly challenging me about? What are the things that I keep saying I'm going to get to, but I never do? The things that I want to prioritise, but for whatever reason, it never happens. And out of that, some clarity starts to emerge. I really do need to get to that thing, because I've been saying every week for the last three months that I need to do it. So I should actually change some things so that that happens. I keep saying consistently throughout my journaling that I'm really, really tired. Well, I need to make some changes in that. Or the flip side of what I've experienced as well is I'm feeling really, really tired in the moment, but as I read back through my journal entries, I can see that there were regular seasons where actually I was feeling on top of things. I was actually feeling pretty good about stuff. So this isn't something that's becoming a problem. This is just how I'm feeling in this moment. And so journaling gives us this ability to be able to recognise what are those key themes? What is God challenging me about? What are the things that I keep saying I'm going to get to And in the absence of having a journal to do that, there's simply no way of us processing what that looks like. So journaling is really, really helpful for all those reasons and a bunch of other ones. But it's similar to every practice that we have talked about throughout this series. That in the moment it may or may not be something that's super, super helpful. And so it's good to have measured expectations because if we go into this thinking, well, with my journaling, every day I'm going to journal, I'm going to feel amazing afterwards, that may or may not be the case. And it's similar to eating a healthy meal. Sometimes when you eat a healthy meal, you're like, oh, I'm so glad that today I chose to have a salad instead of that pizza because, man, I feel so much better because I had... A salad today. I made the healthy choice. I feel really, really great because I made that decision. But other times, it's actually over time that we discover the impact that that's making. I feel like I've got more energy. I feel like I can actually do the things that I want to do. I'm feeling better about where I'm at because consistently I've been making these decisions. And our spiritual walk is exactly the same. Sometimes we'll have a time of scripture reading or of prayer, of journaling, and we feel that was really, really great and really helpful. But for the majority of us, it's actually over the long term that we start to realize my relationship with God is actually getting deeper. I do feel more connected with him. I do have a greater sense of clarity about what God's saying. So that's a bunch of background about why it's important. Let's talk about some key tips on what journaling can look like. The biggest one that I would say is simply this. There is no wrong way to journal. Just get some paper whatever that looks like, and get a writing implement, whatever that looks like, and put one on the other. Generally, the pen onto the paper is the most helpful way of doing it. And then start writing. That's what journaling looks like. Uh, If that's not something that you feel great about doing, then get a Word document, which is what I have. My journal is actually a Word document on my computer, and use that mainly because I can type faster than I can write and I get frustrated because my thoughts are coming too fast if I'm trying to write things out. So whatever works best for you, whatever way there is of you just getting the stuff down on paper, then do that. But if you have tried this before and you've got stuck or if you've never tried it before, there are a few things that I would suggest. One of them is to use a model of looking back, looking around and looking forward. Look back, look around, look forward. And so this is often what my journaling will look like. I'll take some time to start by just thinking back over the last 24 hours since I last journaled. And if you only journal once a week, then you look back over the last week. But what's been going on in the last week? What's been happening? How you've been feeling? What have you been processing around that? Then look around. So being able to say what's going on right now in this moment. So as I start my day, or if you journal at the end of the day, as I look at how this day's gone... How are you feeling? What's happening in that moment? And if you're reading scripture in the midst of that, what's God saying to me right now? And then look forward, look ahead. What's coming up the next day or what's coming up that day? And what are the things that you want to focus on? How are you feeling about what's coming up? So that can be a really, really helpful model just to be able to get started. But as you do that, the most important thing is to focus on thoughts and feelings, not on events. So the big difference between a journal and a diary is that a diary is simply a list of yesterday I had lunch with this person and then in the afternoon I did these things and then I went to bed at this time after seeing the crows just destroy Carlton last night, which was really great. So that's a diary entry. Journaling, on the other hand, is talking about what you were thinking and how you were feeling. So yesterday I had lunch with this person and that was really great because I hadn't seen them for a while and so it really helped me to remember how much I value that friendship. Yesterday afternoon I was doing these things and I was struggling a bit because I wasn't able to focus as much as I wanted to or I just couldn't get through as much as I needed to. But being able to say, how were you feeling in the moment as you looked back? Look around. In this moment, as I start this day or as I end this day, how am I feeling? What's my emotional and spiritual temperature? How am I doing? What words would I use to describe how I'm doing? And then as I look ahead, look forward to this day or to the next day, same thing. How am I feeling about that? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling excited? What am I processing? What are the thoughts that are in my head? Journaling is really important, as we've said, about getting in touch with those things, not just a list of all of the events that have been going on. Another helpful tip is to pretend that you're writing your journal to Jesus, so, and often this is what my journal entries look like is that it is literally me just pretending that Jesus is sitting on the other side of the table and I'm just writing out exactly what I would say to him. So, picture him sitting there or picture him reading what you're about to write down and write that way if that's a helpful model for you. Another important tip is don't edit. We can all be very guilty of this, particularly those of us who are more perfectionists, that we want to make sure that our spelling is correct and our grammar is correct and, oh, I don't know if I said that exactly the right way. It doesn't matter. No one is ever going to read your journal unless you encourage them to read it. So it's just between you and God. And God doesn't really care about your spelling mistakes or your grammar mistakes. So don't worry about editing it. Don't worry about saying, oh, I probably shouldn't say that. There is no should in journaling. Just be honest and be real about how you're feeling. And what's going on? And then the last tip that I would say is be creative if it helps, but don't feel any pressure around that. And as I was doing some research this week, I saw all of these immaculate journals that people had done. All these people who were able to take thoughts or take scriptures and be able to put these beautiful pictures to what they were processing through, or being able to write out the scriptures with all these lovely, amazing, uh, colourful. Incredible ways of articulating how they were feeling and what was going on for them. And I felt very, very intimidated because I have not very many creative bones in my body whatsoever. And I couldn't draw a stick figure to save my life, let alone doing all of that. But I'm like, oh, maybe you're supposed to journal that way, even though I've been doing it for a long time. So it's very easy to get trapped into thinking, I have to do it this way. But I also know that for some of you, if you tried to journal the way that I do, which surprisingly is very linear and very much just a bunch of this, then this, then this, then this, you would go out of your minds around that. And you're far better to draw how you're feeling, to draw some images about what's going on for you, or to be able to say, here's a key word that I'm focused on, and to be able to just use art as a way of reflecting and meditating on that. So again, there's no wrong way of doing it. Whatever works best for you, just take the time to be able to do that. Overall, the reality is we just simply want to do this because it gives us an ability to spend more time getting in touch with what God is saying to us, to have that same sense of excitement that David had about being able to say, "'I love your law. I love your instructions.'" I love who you are, God. I love what you have given to us. I love who I am because of this. I love what it is that I see you doing around me. Journaling gives us the opportunity to be able to savour that, to be able to meditate on it, to reflect on it, to spend some time in there, and then to have clarity about what it looks like to move forward. So the same as we've done every week throughout this series, on your page there, you've got these few words. This week, I will aim to What? And so my encouragement is to be really, really specific, like we've said all the way through this series. For some of us, this week I will aim to, needs to be this week I will aim to go and buy a book that I'm going to use as my journal. So I'm going to go to a shop and I'm going to buy a book. And for some people, just buy an exercise book. It really doesn't matter. But some people do find it really helpful to have a book that they really love, whether that's a leather-bound book or something that's got a nice front cover on it that just helps us get in the right zone. But this week, I will aim to go and get myself a journal so that I can start this processing. For others of us, it could be this week, I will aim to spend some time on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday taking some time to journal. For others of us, it might be every single day. But be specific. Is that going to be at the start of the day over breakfast? Is that going to be at the end of the day before you go to bed? How long are you planning to journal for? But set a really, really clear goal for yourself So that, as we've talked about all the way through, you can put this into practice. And then try it and see what happens. And then, as we've said again throughout this series, if you get stuck, then ask for help. Lots of people journal in all sorts of different ways. And so if you're getting stuck, don't give up. Ask someone else. How do you journal? What does that look like for you? And try and get some more tips so that you can continue to move forward. So today, we are wrapping up this series. That's it in terms of our foundation series. And I want to leave us with one final question. Where to from here? Because, as I said, the danger of this series is that there's lots and lots of practical things and we can feel all of this sense of obligation about it. But one of the other dangers that can happen is that we just move on and we feel like, yes, I would really love to spend more time reading Scripture. I would really love to make it a priority to meet up with people and eat together, as we talked about in one of the first weeks of the series. I would really love to spend more time praying. I would love to get into this habit of journaling. But next week, we'll start talking about something else. The week after that, we'll talk about something else. And so we can easily leave these things behind. And if there's something that you know that God has been challenging you about, then there's a very good chance that you'll just end up getting stuck until you put that thing into practice. Because God knows it's one of the really important things for you to unlock a deeper relationship with him, which is what he really craves. So if there is something that you know you've been challenged about through this series, make sure you don't just forget about it. Because there's a good chance that three months down the road, you'll be like, how come I'm still in this same place? It's probably because, yeah, I know I need to read scripture more, pray more, journal more, whatever it is that God's been challenging you about in this moment. So, as we wrap up, that would be my other encouragement, is to write that down on your piece of paper. Is there one key takeaway from this series that you know you really want to make a priority in the weeks ahead? And if so, what is that thing and what does that look like? And then I'll take it a step further and say, who is one person that you can tell this is the challenge that I want to work on? And have that person be able to encourage you and say, how's it going with your scripture reading? How's it going with your spending extra time praying? How's it going with your journaling? What does that look like for you? Do you need some extra help with that? Is there someone who you've got who can kind of hold you accountable to that? Because it is really easy for us to say, yes, I'm going to do that, definitely, and then completely forget about it. So having someone else who we know is going to check in with us can be something that's a really, really helpful thing to then be able to say, yeah, I am going to make that a priority because I know they're going to ask me about it next week and that'll be a really awkward conversation if I haven't done it. So I'm just going to make it a priority. So what is the one thing as we step away from this series that you're really feeling convicted about? You're really feeling like God is saying, this is not something that's onerous. This is not something you have to do because if you don't, then I'm going to punish you or I'm going to withhold stuff from you. But where God is just gently saying, this is the thing that's going to help us to go to a new level. This is the thing that's going to help our relationship go to a deeper place. This is the thing that's going to help you to discover more about who I've created you to be and help you to continue to grow into the person that I know that you already are. So as we wrap up, I'm going to give us a moment of space to be able to jot any of that down and then I'll pray. God, as we've said throughout this series, we're so grateful that you, above all else, desire a relationship with us. That you don't desire uh, the sort of thing where we have to do a whole bunch of things in order to earn your favor. There's not this this big list that we have to fulfill in order to get you to like us or to pay attention to us. You have done everything necessary for us to operate in a full, complete relationship with you. And you simply want us to dig further into what it looks like to live life the way you created us to live in a healthy relationship with you and in a healthy relationship with the people around us. So as we step away from this series, my prayer is that you would continue to remind us of that above everything else, that you love us as we are, that we don't have to do anything to try and earn our way into your family, to try and earn what you have for us. We simply need to open our eyes and recognise that it's right in front of us. But at the same time, you want us to continue to grow. You want us to continue to develop. That's the journey of our entire lives. It's just taking that next step that you put in front of us to be able to discover more about who you are, to discover more about what you've done, to discover more about what you're doing, what you're going to do, about who we are, about the way the world works, about who other people are. Every day you give us opportunities to learn more about that and that as we discover those things, we grow into the people that you created us to be. And so I ask that you would continue to challenge us and to encourage us about these practices that we've talked about through this series. Help us to passionately be excited about what it looks like to spend time eating together and connecting with each other, building relationships with each other. Help us to be passionate about reading scripture on a regular basis, being able to help you speak to us through the words that you have given to us. Help us to continue to cultivate a deeper sense of our prayer lives with you and covering more and more about what it looks like to simply connect with you, to hear what you've got to say to us and to pour our hearts out to you and to take time to journal, to take time to slow down enough to get in touch with what's going on inside of us and what's going on around us. And so for each one of us, thank you that your Holy Spirit is able to connect with us exactly where we're at. That for each one of us, there is a clear next step for us to take in this season ahead. So help us to be able to lean into that. Help us to hear you clearly, and then help us to make the choices that help us to move forward in the ways that you want us to. Thank you that we get to do this together as spiritual family, where again, we're accepted as we are, but where we're also challenged to become the people that you want us to be. So help us to encourage and challenge each other as we move forward in these things. In your name we pray, amen.